Oh, look at what we have here. A Christmas card from Laney. Thank you. Well, you didn't have to go to that trouble. Oh, there's no trouble. My assistant did the whole thing. I didn't even see the picture. How did it come out? Oh, you know, it's a picture. Oh, yeah, look at that. It looks good. Kramer did a good job. Yeah, well, I mean, how hard is it to take a picture? Hmm. What? Did you look at this picture carefully? Carefully? Because I'm not sure, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I see a nipple. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Are we not human? If we pick, do we not bleed? <laughs> I am not an animal. Yes, you are. I am. You're an animal. Oof, oof. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name is Oof, 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 Ivan. And I'm Stephen. Because you call me an animal, you see. Right. So I'm trying to be an animal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I do pick my nose regularly, so... It's true, yeah. you do. So this episode is quite appropriate. This week we are talking about episode 13 from season 4, which I think is the best season ever of Seinfeld. A lot of you, a lot of people would agree. Yes, it's a good pick, I'd say. We are talking about... There's gonna <laughs> that's, be a lot the only, of... that's the only pick pun we're allowed. <laughs> okay, only one? A limit yep. of one today? Okay, yep. that sounds... Not even one each, just one. You picked a good one. <laughs> no. All right, two, how's that? We're, talk... we're done. Yeah, we're done now. We're talking about the episode, The Pick... And uh, my name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And today we're talking about a few secondary characters. Uh, I've got some notes today on uh, Tia, uh, Fred, who is Elaine's religious boyfriend, uh, Calvin Klein, or a fictional version of him at least, a bit about Dana Foley. Um, I did think about this before, Stephen. I remember we talked about Dana in the shoes episode. Yeah. Um, so I guess we could probably talk about her in the context of the episode, because in this one, George really gets her going. And as a psychiatrist, you know, you're meant to be calm and stable but she pushes George or George pushes her over the edge that's right so we could probably explain you know, how that's the case like is George that much of a punisher yeah well, which will even upset a psychiatrist yeah, yeah well we can't avoid her in this episode no no we can't no if you want to say hello on social media you can check us out on Twitter Instagram Facebook and Reddit we've got an email address B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com you can check us out on any podcast service you can rate us review us or tell uh, people about us that would be awesome that would be amazing yes please and uh, you can check out our website bidwabast.com mm. and uh, in case you haven't heard the news uh, we did announce it last week officially but we've been nominated for an Australian Podcast Award I know it's crazy it's the third annual awards and uh, we got nominated for best fan cast and uh, I gotta say Stephen the, this category and all the other awards are pretty stacked aren't they yeah no there's a lot of uh, a lot of good podcasts and a lot of good content creators yes. uh, in the mix mm. so, uh, so there's you know, us and then there's them Yes, that's right. Yeah, as in we suck and they, they yeah, all rule. Yeah, so we, exactly. I don't know, maybe, did we bribe our way in or something and we just uh, forgotten about it? I don't have enough I don't money. Know. I not. don't feel worthy. But uh, <laughs> either fine. way, we're, we're stoked that we're uh, nominated. Well, clearly the judging panel thought we were at least half decent. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Why not? I don't know what's wrong with them, but um, I don't know. Maybe I have a lot need, of problems with you people. They need you to don't go hear see, about it. They need to go see Dana Foley. <laughs> probably. Sort their shit out. And make sure uh, there's no wool in the uh, jacket. That's right. On the zipper. Uh, yeah. It all happens on May 18th, I think, or 19th? May 18th. May 18th. <laughs> that's right. Uh, in Sydney, we'll be flying up for the night and uh, attending the ceremony. And uh, we'll put up some photos and bits and pieces on social media. And we're also going to do a bit of a, a wrap-up, I guess, um, after the weekend. A little bonus podcast for all of you Patreon subscribers. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. We have started doing a Patreon-only episode. So every fortnight at the moment, 
until we get at least 10 patrons, we're going to be doing fortnightly episodes of bonus content. They could be movie reviews, top 10s, yada, yada, yada. That's right. Um, we've already, last week for our Patreon members, we uh, released a review of the film The Paper, starring yes. Marissa Tomei and featuring Jason Alexander. Yeah, a movie that I don't think either of us had ever really heard of. No, I never heard of it either. Um, it also yeah. stars Michael Keaton and Glenn Close and Robert Duvall. Yeah. Directed by Ron Howard. Star-studded lineup. Yeah, very star-studded. And you're probably wondering in the background, is that static? Uh, no, it's just started raining. Yeah. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with your uh, headset or anything like that. Headset? Headphones. Headphones, whatever. Headset? <laughs> yeah. Same shit. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. But yes, you can listen to that. And uh, every fortnight we will be releasing bonus episodes. Um, but when we do reach 10 patrons on Patreon, we're going to be doing weekly episodes instead of fortnightly. So if you want to show us some love, patreon.com forward slash people that's right. Uh, let's get on with it. Yeah, let's uh, do it. What do you reckon? Sign for trivia? Yeah, sounds yeah. good. So uh, while Ivan's getting that ready, every week we read a. Oh, it's really buckling down now. It isn't is. It, it is. You can hear it. it sounds quite <laughs> ominous. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, we have a little Seinfeld desk character, and every week Ivan reads out a random factoid or fact. Uh, from it, yes. relating to Seinfeld, not the, just not just a fact about anything. Yes, it's always Seinfeld related. Here's a trivia fact about Morty, or the first rendition about him, or of him. The uh, first season appearance of Phil Bruns as Jerry's dad, who we have talked about in the past, couldn't be reshot for syndication with his replacement Barney Martin. Jerry's apartment set had changed significantly, and Jerry had aged enough to make any changes look too obvious. Fair enough. Yeah. So they thought, let's just keep him in. Yeah. Yeah. Both are good. Yeah. 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 And we have mentioned, we have talked about the two versions of Morty. We feel like they're two separate characters. They are. Like the first Morty, the Phil Bruns one was more of a passive, you know, very supportive father. Whereas Morty, um, Barney's version of Morty was just like a neurotic guy. Yeah. Win at all costs kind of man. Closer to Jerry. Yeah. Closer to Jerry. Yes. That's right. You can see where he got it from. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. That's right. Well, Seinfeld isn't. Yes, that's right. So every week we talk about any intersection of of, uh, of Seinfeld in our real life, <laughs> anything at all, any reference. That's right. Uh, I've got one this week. How many do you have? Uh, I got one. Okay. Yeah. I'll go first. So uh, I did actually put this up on a new Seinfeld group I've created, which I'll talk about in a bit. Yes. Um, but I was watching a newer episode of Family Guy. I think it's the second or third uh, latest episode of the show. Um, and right at the end, to close out the show, it just goes into a little uh, Jerry sort of piss take or Seinfeld piss take where Peter uh, is doing stand-up a la Jerry in between um, and at the start at the end of, of uh, episodes. And uh, the crowd are just not into it. And uh, he ends up, I guess, humming or, or singing the, yeah. um, the the Seinfeld theme. So, yeah, not, <laughs> not a bad Seinfeldism. Unexpected. You're not bad. <laughs> what about you? Oh, mine was I was in Aldi, uh, the supermarket, and then I was like, oh, let's get some bread. And I saw rye. Nice. Not marble rye. No. It was rye, traditional yeah. rye, and I was like, "Shut up, you old bag!" <laughs> you I stole it from an old woman. It was the last one on the but shelf. Then, d- yeah. then did she say, "What are you doing?" There's a whole shelf of it. And no, you're like, oh, basically, yeah, yeah. I was blind to it. I thought it was just other kinds of bread. So you, and then she was yelling, "How?" You physically help. assaulted an old lady just for Steinfeldism. Pretty much. That's a new low. Yeah, the police are after me at the moment. They probably know where I live. <laughs> yeah, so they can come get me. Yeah, you'll hear rain and a big bang on the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> open up. It's a raid. <laughs> we got a warrant. Nice. Uh, we'll do some Seinfeld news. Yeah, sounds good. What have you got today? Uh, one piece, actually. Oh, only one. Okay, quite yeah, yeah, I, I searched high and low. Oh, wow. And uh, I could only find one. So, Jason Alexander has joined uh, the cast of a new Fox comedy pilot called Richard Lovely. 
Okay, lovely. Yep. Sounds good. What's it all about? Dick Lovely. <laughs> lovely Dick. Lovely Dick. It should have been called Lovely Richard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Excellent cock. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And it's like a rooster. <laughs> it's like the main character. Just the coolest rooster ever. Exactly. Uh, the pilot itself follows the title character, Richard Lovely, um, who's a disgruntled author of the best-selling children's book series, Mr. Mouse. Uh, Mr. Mouse is an animated character who Jason Alexander will be voicing. Okay. Uh, Great. It premieres soon, uh, and I, I'm probably going to check it out when it's on, just yeah, to yeah. see, uh, you know, what what Jason's up to in it and if it's any good. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll use my VPN and enable it for the US, yeah. and I'll uh, watch Fox. That's right. Yeah. Um, the show as well contains, uh, well, it it it, it uh, some of the other cast is I don't know why I couldn't string that sentence together. That's okay. Is uh, Wendy Malick. Nicole's oh yes, son. she uh, has appeared in the Kiss Hello episode of Seinfeld as well. Yeah, she played Wendy. Yes. Yeah, uh, Asif Ali, Nicole Richie, uh, Mason Schneiderman, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, Kai Keck and Tom Nima. Okay, yeah, excellent. So I we'll have to check it out. All right, and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Excellent. Well, Much quieter I, one. Yes. Well, I guess we can get into the plot synopsis for the pick. It's quite short, actually, yeah. today. Um, so, yeah, because a lot of the later, as I have mentioned before, a lot of the season eight, nine episodes, the plots are freaking massive, man. i got to cut them down. Mm. Whereas the earlier episodes, they're not as bad. So, I'll read you the synopsis for the pick, season four, episode 13 of Seinfeld. First aired in the US on December 16, 1992, directed by Tom Sharonis, written by Larry David and Mark Jaff? Jaffy? J-A-F-F-E? I guess Jaff? so. I'm going to say Jaff. Jaff, yeah. Yep. It's Tard Gak. What is that, <laughs> Dutch? <laughs> Elaine's humiliated when her Christmas card photo taken by Kramer accidentally exposes her nipple. <gasps> My nipple! The exposure is subtle enough that no one notices it until after Elaine has mailed out the card to all of her friends and relatives, including her underage nephew, it's Check under his mattress. <laughs> and her morally conservative boyfriend, Fred, played by Tony Carlin. Jerry has a date with Tia Van Camp, played by Jennifer Campbell, the Calvin Klein model he met on the plane in the previous episode, The Airport. After the date, Kramer identifies the perfume Tia is wearing, a Calvin Klein product called Ocean, as the one he invented in the Pez dispenser called The Beach. When he confronts the Calvin Klein rep he first approached with the idea, the rep maintains that the beach and the ocean are different things. Tia dumps Jerry after witnessing him scratching his nose, which she mistakes for him picking. Jerry attempts to explain his actions at the Calvin Klein office, but Tia refuses to believe him. Jerry launches into a rant about how people who pick their noses should not be socially ostracised, with references to the Merchant of Venice and the Elephant Man. I am not an animal. <laughs> Elaine delivers a similar speech to her boyfriend when he breaks up with her over the nipple exposure. George visits a therapist, Dana Foley, played by Gina Hecht, to discuss a problem with his girlfriend, Susan Heidi Swegberg. But the session is unproductive as first George, and then also the therapist, obsess over at the stuck zipper on George's brand new jacket. George convinces Susan to get back together with him by citing the example of Louis Pasteur and his wife. Upon their reconciliation, he again feels entrapped by the relationship, so he uses the pick to discuss her enough to break up with him again. I was up to my wrist. <laughs> um, Kramer meets with Calvin Klein, who's played by Nicholas Horman, to complain about the ocean, or, or ocean fragrance, and is instead asked to be an underwear model. <laughs> You're lean, you let, yet muscular. <laughs> You're wow. quite live, aren't you? You're quite live, aren't you? Quite lively, aren't you? Looking at the first advertisement to feature Kramer, Elaine thinks she can see his junk. 
and the episode ends. Yeah, what is what is it? Do you think? I think it's a testicle. It's probably his ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm just guessing it's one ball. Yeah, it's probably just hung out of the underwear. Yeah, because if it's guess. supposed to be similar to the nipple, it's just one of a thing. I think if it was this whole cock, or maybe a part of his scrotum. Yeah, yeah I think it's supposed like to be that. just a bit, a yeah. hint. Yeah, that's right. A whiff or a hint of scrotum. Uh, yeah, I don't think the whole thing would have come out. That no. would have been pretty obvious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, other secondary Stephen in this episode include Francois Giraudet and Blair Barron as a couple of Calvin Klein executives yep. in the scene with Kramer in his underwear. Uh, Steve Schubert plays the man in the office, the one who goes to grab the manuscript off a lane. Funny fact, Stephen, it's actually Larry David who voices his line. Oh. Yeah, he says, should I keep the manuscript here, Nip, or can I take it home? Stop That's, calling me stop Nip. Stop calling me Nip. Larry David did that voice, oh, surprisingly. Okay. Yeah, there cool. you go. Um, and also Wayne Knight, of course, makes a 13-second appearance as Newman. Yep. Um, he so after Jerry asks him to see what's unusual about Elaine's Christmas card, he says your nipple's showing. Well, seeing as though you've said half of the episode trivia, why don't we uh, do that? Yeah, sounds good to me. Cool. I'll start. So yes. the story, uh, the main storyline of Elaine's nipple uh, was inspired by true events. So uh, writer of the episode Mark Jaff Jaffe yeah, we'll Jaffa, say Jaff. Uh, received a <laughs> Jaffa. similar Jaffa. Arabian Nights. <laughs> Uh, he received a similar Christmas card from a male friend whose sexual organs were accidentally on display. Nice. So it inspired uh, Elaine's storyline and then uh, Kramer's unfortunate situation <laughs> at the very end. Yeah. That's right. Gee, so it was like a dick pic. Yeah. Essentially. A pre, pre sort of social media, a, pre, pre uh, a, text message a, a dick pic. Proto dick pic. <laughs> proto dick pic. <laughs> ball pic, really. A ball pic, yeah. yes. <laughs> a, hint, a hint of ball pic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other episode trivia? I do, yes. Um, Jerry and Newman don't say their hellos like they normally do. No, they Hello, don't. Hello, Newman. Hello, Jerry. And also the events that occurred in the airport, the previous episode, that see George on a flight leaving New York. Because you remember how he had the Time magazine? He got yeah. the last one and had like that serial killer criminal on the cover. On there. That's right. And yep. then the criminal sees him in the toilet and you know, bashes him or does whatever he does. Yeah, I like how George goes in that episode. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but just my favourite line of that is when um, George goes, you know, I've got a mention in here, and the guy goes, look at the cover, and then he looks at the cover, (laughs) and and then he looks at him and (laughs) realises... And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And those those events, or what happened, or what transpired, never it's never explained Mm. in the pic. No. It's like it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. That is strange. Crazy. What else you got? Uh, The scene where Elaine uh, rubs George's face on her chest and her breasts was actually not in the script. It I was can't sort of, believe that. Was, I thought it was in the script. No. It's it so was, well done. No, it was sort of uh, done on the fly and oh. in the moment by by uh, Elaine, thankfully, because it's a fucking amazing it scene. It is a great scene. You want a Christmas card? Here's a Christmas card. It's so good. And the the best bit, it's like the cherry on top is George's hair. <laughs> yeah. It's all ruffled at <laughs> And the his end. reaction is like, like, what the hell's happened? He's just in a bit of shock. He oh, doesn't realise. I know. What's uh, what's going on? Very well done, Julia. Lee. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. really awesome. Very great. And uh, just one more from me. The uh, episode was meant to be titled "The Nipple," uh, but Larry David thought it'd be too controversial for TV. It'd yeah. be too sexual. Hmm. Hmm. I guess it is. It is a bit too obvious. Like Seinfeld have a have a really good, um, I guess, history of implying a lot. You know, like the contest. You know what the topic is, but it's never stated blatantly. Mm. So calling it the nipple uh, would have been a sort of against that yeah I think you know, so too just too obvious because yeah because obviously you've got the contest which implies masturbation but yep. doesn't explicitly mention it no you've got the mango which implies sex or you know sex drive yep. but it doesn't mention it yeah yeah but it kind of go against the whole ethos of Seinfeld wouldn't yeah. it yeah 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 that's the it. subtlety that's right of it. yeah yeah anyway let's take a quick break Steve and uh, we'll talk about some secondary characters from this episode sounds good hello folks Matt McCoy here aka Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld and I'm telling you right now I do not want to be a secondary character. Are you looking for a brand new conversation podcast? 
Well, you found it. My name's Ivan Pugioni, and in my relaunched podcast in Melbourne last week, I speak to everyday people who do extraordinary things. When you go into the, the inner workings of the story, you know, when you get into the nuts and bolts of stuff, even if you're going to have a story about escapism, you want the reader to easily relate to things. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much wherever else you can get your podcasts. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are talking about the pick and we're going to do what we do best, which is talk about the secondary characters of the episode. That's what we're here for. That's right. I think we should start with Tia Van Camp. I think we should. And I was thinking about this, Stephen, because she's more prominent in the airport, the Mm. previous episode, but I'll talk about her more in the context of this episode. Uh, you know, like why she reacts to Jerry picking his nose and stuff. I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably rather leave for me. I mean, if you want to talk about her, Fully, you can. Well, that's what we normally do. Yeah, we normally yeah. talk about a secondary character if they're in other episodes, just in the context of, of mm. the episode. But is that how you felt? Did you feel like she was more prominent in the airport? She was more important to the storyline in the yeah, airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. mean, she was Jerry's storyline in that episode. Basically, Whereas yes. this one, yeah, not as much. I mean, she sets up Kramer knowing about the beach and stuff. That's right. But she's less uh, imperative. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll talk a bit about her in the context, like we said. Uh, Tia was played by Jennifer Campbell. Um, interestingly, she hasn't had many acting credits. Her last one was in 1999 for an episode of Baywatch. Ah. And she appeared in six episodes of that. Uh, she's also appeared in uh, episodes or separate ones, rather, of Frasier and Veronica's Closet. Um, she has appeared three times on Seinfeld as the character of Tia. Uh, in this episode, like we mentioned before, in the airport, the one before, and also in an uncredited role in the pilot ah. in season four. There's, you know, there's that montage of season four characters yep. who talk about Jerry while they're yeah. watching, and she's one of the characters in the yep. montage. Yep. Yeah, so she's appeared three times. One of the uh, rare times that Jerry's girlfriend has appeared in more than one episode. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often, does it? Not at all. Not at all. And uh, he's obviously really bummed when she's had enough of him because of uh, the pick. Yeah. Yeah, he's really bummed. No, he, he gets desperate. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have been with a Calvin Klein model. That's right. Not bad. Do you think he was only going to be with her or he was only bummed because she was a model? Do you think if she wasn't a model, he would have been as upset? Yeah, or do you think I probably, he's like shallow? I know. I think because of her status as a Calvin Klein model, I think that's what did it. Yeah. And I think because so of it was something- more for the bragging rights. Exactly. And, and it's confirmed when he confronts her at Calvin Klein, he says, oh, look, I feel like we had a good time or something like that. But the only thing that I can think of is that you thought I'd picked when I actually scratched. Yep. I know what I saw. <laughs> you know, so that really obviously affected her. Yeah. So do you think she's just really high and mighty? She's no. very pretentious, kind of no, like Jerry? No, see, that's the thing. What do you I, think of that? See, I put down a note about I don't think she's what you would consider a stereotypical model. She seems a bit more down to earth. Okay. Uh, I think because she's, she, she's a bit older. I think she's maybe like late 20s or 30 or so. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't come across as your normal sort of like superficial, vacuous model. Um, maybe she's just got a really uh, specific disgust over nose picking. You know, some people just have, you know, they might be really easygoing or they're not very uptight, but yeah. there's just one or two things that just really gross them out. Yeah. That's what I got. Maybe mm. I don't think she's super... Uh, uptight or pedantic like say Jerry yeah. but I think nose picking just that specifically just really bothers her do you think she comes from humble beginnings perhaps or maybe uh, she was spotted in a supermarket or something and then someone said you could be a model and then she kind of got into it I don't know there's nothing uh, that really indicates you seen, her, yeah. her sort of status prior to being a model yeah because you, um, you said that well it seems to me like she's very humble yeah. and even she's got a good sense of humour as well because when Jerry jokes about having the aquarium 
where his shelf is going to yeah. be. She says, "Are you sure you're ready for that kind of commitment?" Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A sense of humor kind of shows as well. Yeah, I guess I guess you could infer that maybe she comes from uh, like a working class or middle class background. She's a bit less pretentious, mm-hmm, right? Uh, and she kind of fell into modeling just because she was genetically blessed with you know height and and typical good looks. How tall are you? Five yeah, foot ten. Five foot ten. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I I I don't think she's generally pretentious or, or uptight. I think she's just got a real disgust over nose picking specifically. Okay, that, that, know, that's but, her kind but, of thing. Yeah, but okay. say other body functions or things that people do that might gross other people out, I don't think it bothers her. It's just that thing specifically. Who knows? <laughs> so she'd be down with fart jokes. Maybe. Yeah, okay. maybe. Yeah. I think she would be like, I could imagine her being the sort of person that, you know, if Jerry accidentally let a fart off, they both just have a bit of a chuckle. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry would be more bothered about it, especially because he's uh, with her and she's a model. Yeah. I think he would think that uh, she would be upset about it, but hmm. she, she'd probably just laugh at it or it wouldn't even be a thing. But in the Seinfeld universe, just adding on to that, there seems to be a mindset that picking your nose is a terrible thing. Mm. Even when Jerry says to George, you know, what if Susan did it? Would you still be with her? And then Jerry, George is like, that's disgusting. No way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's kind of like that, that idea where even picking your nose, even Kramer, he's like, I thought you said it was a scratch. Well, I guess... you know. So it's obviously it's pretty taboo in the, that universe. Well, nose picking is considered pretty gross. Generally. I do it all the time. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind a good pick every so often. It's okay I don't to mind, clean house. You know, yeah. walking forty years through the desert like Moses. Exactly. You I know? don't mind mining for nose gold every so often. Yeah, but, yeah um, it's fine. Yeah, but I think in public, it's it's considered a private pleasure, maybe, yeah. or you know, a private a private practice rather than something you just do out in the open. Yeah, mining for gold's fine. I mean, if it starts, if you start mining too much and becomes mining for rubies, that's right. Know, then you should probably <laughs> you should probably stop. You know, you yeah. get a tissue and get a nosebleed. You know, that's just it. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. No, but I've been in Jerry's position where I've been having a good old dig. You know, like waiting in traffic or something, and you kind of, you know, you you're not fully with it you're sort of in your own world yeah, and you're yeah. just like having a mindless pick and then you look over and someone's looking at you <laughs> Seinfeldism <laughs> yeah I remember years ago when I lived in Brisbane I was having a like a mindless pick in traffic and then I looked over and then some kids looked at me and they were laughing because yeah, they yeah. saw me picking my nose but was it was, a scratch or a pick no it was a full pick there was nostril penetration full dig full yeah you're up to your wrist <laughs> I, I was probably touching my brain <laughs> oh god yeah and uh, rightfully they laughed at me <laughs> yeah of course yeah why not that's it well actually when I was waiting for you before we came you know to record I, I i was in the middle of a little peek as well and then oh. you turned up and i was like oh shit steven's that was a scratch me. it was all on the outside yeah it was, it was in the, yeah that's what it was yeah yes i would have assumed it was i would hope so yeah uh i don't really have anything else to say more about tia in this episode no. but uh, we will talk about her in the airport when we get around to that yeah, episode absolutely why don't we talk about dana foley dana uh, foley. elaine's friend yes. and uh george's therapist for the episode yes uh, she appears three times in seinfeld as well uh she has appeared in the shoes which we've done before this episode of course and also also in the pilot. Yep. I think she's also in that montage. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yep, yep, yep. Because yeah, obviously, you know, they kind of get all the season four characters like Sid Fields yeah. and the maid and all those kind of characters and they put them like Sidra. Yep. You know, they're, they're real and they're spectacular. Yep. She's in there as well. Yep. They kind of get them all like a montage and they comment on Jerry. Yeah. So I think Dana Foley's involved in that as well. Yep. Played by Gina Hecht. Uh, she's most famous for appearing in the 70s TV show Mork and Mindy as Jean Da Vinci. Uh, she's also appeared in films such as St. Elmo's Fire and Night Shift. And she's also appeared in Baywatch. Yeah, okay, cool. Like uh, Jennifer. Yep. Like Jennifer Campbell yep. and Friends. Okay, awesome. Seinfeld's rival in the mid-90s. That's right. What Ooh. pushes her over the edge about George? George just has one of those real punishing kind of personalities. I think she just gets sucked in by the frustration. I think it's you think just so? empathetic so frustration. She shouldn't be a psychiatrist then. If she no. takes it personally, or gets sucked in. Well... I don't know. I think she's a human. She's. Okay. I think she's a really good therapist. Okay. I mean, Elaine 
tells George that she's a terrific therapist. Yeah, because they're friends. I think at one point she was Elaine's therapist. Oh, yeah. How would, she, how would she know that she's a good therapist unless she's received therapy from it? Or maybe Elaine's issues were so bad that she ended up going to the other shrink, Joe yeah. Devola's shrink. That's true. Yeah. So maybe she got referred on to him. Maybe she's like, look, my problems are a bit out of my depth. Yeah. Maybe she go to this guy. Whereas we haven't talked about him yet. Obviously, we haven't got to him. Yeah. Uh, the other shrink. But yeah, maybe he specializes more in other kind of advanced fields of psychiatry. Yeah, no, that's And then a maybe she was like, that's kind of out of my depth, Elaine, what you're going through. I think you should, I should refer you to this guy. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, her sort of um, getting as frustrated as George about the zipper is any testament to her ability as a therapist. Yeah. I think she just gets sucked into his frustration because it's so relatable. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, you buy a brand new jacket yeah. and there's a bit of cloth or fur or something in it yep. or whatever it is a bit of, bit of material and you just can't zip it it's so annoying I hate when you, you buy something new and then something goes wrong yeah, it's and, crazy and at, the, and at the start of their therapy session she's trying to keep George focused on the therapy she keeps on saying to George it doesn't matter don't worry about the zipper let's talk about Susan and maybe she realises that he's not going to give up on the zipper until the problem's solved so she jumps in to try and help it so that she can bring him back to therapy, you know, just yeah. to try and piss the problem off. And then it just kept going and going and yeah. prolonging. And, it didn't and then work. I think she just forgot about the professional aspect of it and just got completely focused on trying to figure out the zipper. I think what happened was for the first, in that hour, two minutes, or the first two minutes were about that. Yep. And the rest, the 58 or 57 remaining minutes, whatever it is, was them trying to do the zip. Yep. Because she goes, that's it. I'm afraid we have to finish this now. Yeah. The hour's up. Yep. Yeah. So they've spent like 50-something minutes trying to do the zip. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, um, I really pushed her over the edge. I don't think George would have wanted to pay for that. I think he would have tried to gotten out of it. Oh, no, her, her mother, his oh, mother's right. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. He, she, she does do. She does do. Yeah, if funny. George had to pay for it, I reckon he would have been like, oh, well, we didn't do any therapy. No, that's he right. He would have tried to weasel his, weasel no, his way out of it. But he just pambles it to his mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got the impression that Dana maybe is a, a single woman. I don't know. I just got a vibe of maybe she's... Uh, so single her whole life or divorced? Uh, maybe divorced. Okay. Um... And she's a very, uh, I, I kind of got the vibe as well that maybe she's a bit of an introvert. Yeah, I think she's introverted too. Yeah. I think she keeps to herself. Do you think yep. the work consumes her? Like, because she doesn't really have much of a social life, the work consumes her and yeah, then she I kind think, of, she lives for the job. Yeah, I think that gives yeah. her enough satisfaction to live what she's what she feels is a, is a worthwhile and, and, you know, fulfilled life, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it gives her purpose. That's right. As well, yeah. yeah yep. Okay. And I think she really cares for her patients as well. Yeah. Obviously, when George first comes in, mm. you know, usually some of these psychiatrists are like, oh, yeah, whatever, and they pretend to care. Oh, well, I guess I guess they do care, but, you know, you get some who just kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Whereas I feel like she's really deeply interested in George. Yeah, I think know. she's she's definitely devoted to her craft in that as soon as they start, she just goes, tell me about what what the problem is. She, yeah, she's she, a big she wants problem to, solver. Yeah, she wants yeah. to launch straight into the issue mm. to sort of flesh it out and, and figure it out rather than just... I mean, I've, I've been in various forms of therapy on and off over the years and usually the first or, you know, first couple of sessions are very introductory. Like, you know, you tell them about who you are and your background and why you're there. There's You're not really focusing on the issue at hand. Whereas, uh, yeah, Dan, Dana just jumps right into it. She's yeah. just like, so tell me about Susan, you know, without wasting any time. Yeah. Um, she doesn't really ask a lot of background about George. No, that's so, right. So, yeah, I reckon she's a real focused therapist. She yeah. just wants to dive right in and, yeah. and figure it all out straight I don't, away. I don't mean to hang crap on therapists or psychiatrists. I probably shouldn't have said some of no, them. No, like no. That. Well, like any, like yeah. any, like any, uh, you know, industry, there's good and bad. Mm, you know, I've had therapists who I didn't like or I didn't think were good and then yeah. I've had really good ones. So, yeah, yeah I 
that's that's perfectly reasonable. Did you say. ever have trouble with your zips? No. No? You never got to that point? No, no, no. <gasps> no. Um, I noticed as well in her office, uh, I noticed there's a lot of um, different sort of artworks. I think she has a big thing for like paintings. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I could see her spending a lot of time in art galleries. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be one of her uh, out of work I guess, interests, yeah. you know, I could see her going to the Guggenheim or, you know, different museums. And I think she pursues, I think she has uh, intellectual pursuits or sort of her passion outside of work. Okay. Do you think maybe she does art herself? Maybe. Because I could she's see being, an introvert. Yeah, I could see yeah. her being a painter or mm-hmm. doing sculpting or something something creative. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, under the art umbrella. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Oh, good pickup. Yeah, I didn't notice. Yes. I just saw all her uh, certificates and degrees and yeah. stuff on there. Yeah, she's a wall. very qualified woman. Oh, obviously, yeah. And she's a great therapist. But yeah, do you do you think that it's reasonable to assume that maybe Elaine was her patient and then after their their professional relationship ended, they just maintained a friendship. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe they ran into it. Because that would be, I think, a bit unethical for uh, that to intentionally have happened. Like if a therapist was like, hey, even though our therapy's over, I really like you as a person. Let's yeah. go hang out one day. Yeah. Maybe they ran into each other on the street. Yeah, maybe. After their professional relationship was over and they went and got a coffee. And, yeah. I could see that. I don't think she would be the sort of therapist that would breach her ethics. No, no. And I think that if she intentionally developed a relationship as soon as the therapy ended... That would be considered unethical. Yeah, well, let's say that they, her and Dana had a professional relationship, and then it finished. Or maybe Dana referred her to Joe yep. Devola Shrink. Yeah, you know, can't remember his name, but yeah, I forgot his name. But yeah, yeah. I just remember his intense, <laughs> deep voice. Yeah, yeah, yep, I know. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I think of Dana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Cool. Why don't we talk about Fred? Uh, Fred, yes, played by... I don't have his credit. I have his credit, Tony Carlin. Ah. uh, Known for appearing in The Bourne Legacy, The Nutty Professor, and Star Trek Voyager. Oh, shit, he's in The Bourne Legacy. Ah, okay. Good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, Okay. Do you remember what he was in? Uh, Or, like, do you remember what character he was? No, I just just remember. I've just got a flash of him. Okay. I can't remember what uh, what part of the story is, like, you know, where he fits into the story. You have a great photograph of memory, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, not bad. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> not uh, bad. Yeah, he's obviously a very religious man. He he's sure very is. very pious man. Yeah. Actually, just going back to Dana, I was going to ask you, how do you think she reacted to the nipple? Oh, I think she would have been pretty easy going about it. Yeah, okay. I think, I think she would, you know, talk about some pretty heavy shit yeah. in her therapy sessions. So, you know, seeing an accidental nipple wouldn't bother her too no. much. She'd probably have a bit of a chuckle. She'd go, ha ah, that Elaine. Yeah. You know. That's her. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. No, I don't think it would bother her. Obviously, Fred had the opposite effect. He Definitely. was quite offended by it. He's a fucking baby. He is a baby, isn't he? Like, that that look on his face when Elaine's basically saying, like, yeah, it's a nipple, who cares? And he's just like, ugh. For I've seen the nipple on your soul. Yeah, I just think he's a giant sook. Yeah, It's yeah. like, it's a nipple. Like, who cares? Exactly. I'm we like, all have nipples. Yeah, exactly. And I mean... I'm showing Stephen my nipples right now. Exactly. It's getting a bit <laughs> nipply in here. It is quite nippy outside, actually. It's quite cool. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think he's just an overly conservative, uptight little baby. Yeah, I don't call. like him at all. No, nah, good call. Big giant sook. And he's only in for one scene. So, you know, fuck yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff that guy. Yeah, I don't like Seriously. Fred at all. No, nah, I think he's a wank. Totally. I'm glad he only has that scene. Yeah, and I mean, Elaine. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I don't know what Elaine sees in him because she doesn't normally go for guys like him. No. I don't know. Maybe he's got money or, oh, well, <laughs> or you big know, dick or something. We have mentioned that Elaine likes men with status. Yeah. And, you know, high paying jobs. Maybe he's high up independent publishing. Maybe he's an executive or something. And maybe. that's what. That's what. Uh, is attractive to her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she, she fucks him off, and yeah. I think she's better off for it. Good riddance to him. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing else to say about him. No. Nah. Calvin Klein? Yep. All right, or at least the fictionalized version of him. Yeah. Played by actor and narrator Nicholas Horman. Uh, he's appeared in over 100 plays on and off Broadway. 
And he's an audiobook narrator yeah, as well. Yeah, he's got a great voice. He's also he acted mm. in General Hospital, Medium, and Murphy Brown. Nice. And he's appeared in the films Kramer vs. Kramer and The Hand. It's <laughs> <That's> very fitting. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, not with uh, Michael Richards, unfortunately. <laughs> the 70s film with Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. You, there's a Family Guy cutscene where it's... I can't remember how they set it up, but it's Kramer vs. Predator. And oh. it's got Kramer, like Dustin Hoffman, sitting at a table like almost arguing with Predator. Yeah, and right. I can't remember what he says, but Predator, like he, he's waiting for a response from Predator and Predator just like blows his head off with that, <laughs> that shoulder cannon that he oh, has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. It's so dumb, but nice. it's so good. Nice. Yeah. They need to do like a Michael Richards Kramer versus the Predator. Yeah, that would <laughs> be, be good. <laughs> What's the deal with that? <laughs> you got any double crunch? <laughs> exactly. Some highlights him. Yeah, he's got a really good voice, Nicholas. Um, yeah, Calvin Klein. Do you think that... What was the intention, do you think, of letting Kramer be a model? Do you think it was maybe to prevent him from suing? I reckon it was a bit of a diversion. Bit of a diversion. And we all know that Kramer likes the little things. If you offer him free coffees or whatever, he'll take it over any kind of litigation or any uh, settlement. Yeah. No, I think Calvin Klein is quite perceptive and sharp. I think he's Um, done this before. Yeah, for sure. Where he... I mean, because he lets Kramer tell his story about how he came in and proposed the beach and he was laughed so out. Spoke to one of your flunkies. One of your flunkies. And then you watch Calvin and he's sort of like listening to Kramer and you can sort of see the cogs moving in his head. He's like, how can I get out of this? Yeah. How can I make it so he doesn't sue us? And he goes away happy. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. I, but I, I genuinely think he does like Kramer and he does see, you know, sort of a sexuality in him. I don't. Think I thought he was just kidding. No. Because the other the other executives, as soon as Kramer walks out, the other executives are blown away. Well, like, he has the you've done, Yeah, you've done it again, Calvin. I think it's. Uh, I think he knows that Kramer is a bit shallow sometimes. Yeah, okay. Um, and he, you know, he can perceive that and he takes advantage of it. So he has a pretty good eye. For I detail. think so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you're right. I mean, why would Calvin Klein try and damage their brand putting someone like Kramer on if they don't believe that he's a good model? Yeah. I guess, like, why would you do that? Yeah. You know, that'd be the shittest PR stunt. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that I mean, would backfire. I mean, Kramer's ball certainly damaged their brand <laughs> yeah. unintentionally, though. It sure did. Yeah. Imagine if it happened during the Facebook, you know, the social media era. Mm, Jeez. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm interested to know if uh, 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 Nicholas Horman's Calvin Klein is based on the real Calvin Klein. No idea. I I don't know much about the real Calvin Klein. No, I, no I, idea. I did a bit of research on him. He seems like a very private guy. Okay, yep. There's not many interviews out there. And Fair his enough. Wikipedia, considering he's such an influential designer and such a sort of a, a cultural force, yeah. such a famous person, everyone mm. knows who he is. Of course. Um, there's not a lot of information on his wiki. Okay. I think he, he, he must be a very private kind of person or maybe he's like Banksy maybe yeah. Calvin Klein is like the facade and yeah. there's probably like 20 people maybe. working there who knows Calvin Klein is the brand yeah it's not a person a few little uh, facts about the real Calvin Klein oh yeah go yeah. for it so he uh, graduated from the high school of art and design in Manhattan mm-hmm. um, and then he attended the Fashion Institute of Technology which is one of the premier fashion schools in all of America probably the, the world yeah um, and he also received an honorary doctorate in 2003, which is perfectly understandable considering his uh, influence and, and impact on the world of fashion and design. Yeah. Um, and he has been married. He's got a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he divorced his former wife and he came out as gay. And uh, since 2003, he's been, oh, sorry, since 2000 and, sorry, from 2003 until 2012, he dated uh, porn star Nicholas Gruber. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, there you go. Um, and he is the first designer to receive an outstanding design in men's and women's wear from the CFDA award show. That must be the, the Oscars of fashion or something. I don't must know. Must be. Yeah, so he's uh, he's had quite a life. He's very highly esteemed. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. probably, I would argue the most famous underwear on earth. No, oh, it has to be, yes. Yeah. $40 underwear. That's right. Can't complain. Pretty comfortable. Oh, it is very comfortable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I They're like worth, worth splurge every so often. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's good to have one or two in your cupboard. Definitely. At least, yeah. Yeah, especially uh, if you're single and you need to like go on a date, you know, and you think <laughs> you might be getting some. And you have like the band hanging out, the Calvin Klein. You know, you've got like the pants a bit down and you've got like the band with the words on them. Yeah. Yeah, bit of a bit of a status show. A bit of a status show. That's bit right. Bit of a flex. Yeah, yeah. Look at my Calvin Klein underwear. And because it's such the you know such high quality that Calvin Klein has, no balls will hang out. No, you know everything will be held in nicely. All tucked in. Yep, the boys all will be held in nicely. <laughs> yeah, tucked <at> home. In. <laughs> the boys will be home to roost. That's right. That's right. I really like Calvin Klein in this episode. I thought he was he's kind of charming and very like just suave and very just you know sort of not intoxicating but just very um. Magnetic. At first, I thought that he was a dick and he was just leading Kramer on and, no. and, or maybe trying to put him on the front page just to kind of stop him from suing. But then after you mentioned it, he, yeah, he just seems like he has a really keen eye for detail and yeah. he knows, like, maybe obviously with Tia, you know, how we talked about Tia, mm. you know, just she maybe fell into modelling. Maybe she worked for other agencies and maybe Calvin handpicked her. Because yeah. you notice how Calvin and Tia are in the room together. Yeah. Usually they the models don't really mingle with the head of the company, do Probably they? Probably not. really. No. No. no, they've definitely got some sort of personal relationship so, or professional relationship. So maybe she just, picked it. Maybe he picked her. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, just to sort of reiterate, I think he definitely knew that he could distract Kramer by offering him a modeling gig. Mm. But I don't think he was doing it cynically. I think he was doing it genuinely. Okay, he was cool. just dangling that in front of Kramer to, to divert his attention away from potentially being sued mm-hmm. or just to placate Kramer because he was obviously very upset. Um, yeah, no, I really like him. Cool. Uh, any other notes about any other secondary characters? Uh, no, that's it for me, mate. I mean, Same. the others were really minor. Yeah, not worth yeah, talking not about. Not worth talking about, no. No. That's it for the pick, our secondary characters uh, for this week's episode. A nice short episode, a couple of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, well, crazy. normally we take a break about now, but why don't we just finish off the episode? Yeah, let's do it, man. Do any of the secondary characters appear in your top 10 or 20? Uh, they do not. Okay. How about yourself? No, no, not at all. Uh, what about uh, where does this episode appear in your list of episodes we've reviewed so far? Yes, yeah, so out of 78 that we've done so far the pick is what's yours actually uh, mine is number 31 31 yeah 49 okay so I think we've gotten to the point Steve where no matter where it goes I think it's not really reflective of the episode yeah so if I say 49 it doesn't mean it's like in the bottom yeah it's still good anything so, yeah. yeah anything 49. anything below the top sort of 15 or 20 it's almost arbitrary at That's this right. point. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, unless the episode is head and shoulders above the rest, it's probably going to be 30 or 40 or 50. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter. No. No. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's where I put it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same as you. Like, it's a really good episode. I don't think there are any weak parts. No. I think there are a few parts that are iconic. Like, yeah. Uh, I um, am not an animal. That. Elena's, Elaine's um, uh, boob. Before I see the nipple boob, on your sword. Boob smush. Oh, the George's boob smush. Head. Oh, yeah, that's iconic. And then yes. Kramer walking out in his underwear, I feel like is very iconic. And very then iconic. Slipping yes. over. Yeah, definitely part of the Seinfeld zeitgeist. Definitely. Those scenes, yeah. Yeah, no, but a, a really good episode. No weak parts, but um, nothing that makes it, elevates it to like all time. No. Just mostly really good. 
Fair call. Excellent. Well, that's another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. Thanks so much for being with us. You can rate, review, subscribe, listen to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go on our website, bidwabask.com. And uh, we're also on social media, Steve. That's right. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. So say hello. Uh, and we've got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, we are on Patreon. So if you want to check out uh, what you can access for various amounts of uh, dollars per month, uh, sorry, per month? Yeah, per month. Yeah, that's right. Uh, check it out, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And uh, if you want to subscribe and support us, you can uh, listen to all of our season 10, which we wrapped up a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got a whole bunch of bonus content on there from uh, a little while ago. And we'll uh, be doing some movie reviews and all sorts of goodies coming up. That's right. Only for Patreon subscribers. I have also released my or re-released my conversation podcast called In Melbourne Last Week. Uh, episode one dropped uh, last week. Or this week? No, this week, this week, yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, episode <laughs> Too many one, bloody podcasts. That's right. Episode one of my relaunch has uh, happened this week. Uh, so, yeah, all I do is I basically speak to everyday people who do extraordinary things. They don't have to be in Melbourne. They can be... I've, I've spoken to people from the US and other people as well. So get on board. I'll leave details in the show notes as to where you can listen. Awesome. Yeah. Until next week, I'm Stephen. I'm Ivan. And we'll see you all next week for The Frogger. The Frogger, yes. Season nine's The Frogger. Can't wait. I guarantee you Moses was a picker.